So last week we began this series as we are addressing, well actually addressing is not the issue, we're confronting something. We're confronting this toxic game, life's toxic game of fame and shame. This is a game that all humanity plays. And we seek the pursuit of fame and we get trapped trapped in these feelings of shame because both are the results, as we learned last week, both are the results of the curse on all humanity, a curse of sin that is on all of humanity. And it's toxic in our lives. It's toxic in, in, and it's destroying us from the inside out. And when either it's present in us or it, it, either way, when it's in us, it's destroying not just us, but it's also destroying those around us. And we learned that we were not built for fame. We learned that we were not built for shame. And this is the series big idea that we're learning through this series, that you were not built for fame or shame, but to glorify God and be satisfied in him forever. This is what you were built for. You were not built for fame. You were not built for shame. You were built, you were created in God's image. You were created in the image of God to reflect the glory of God and be fulfilled in God forever. And there's a blessing. We said this last week. There is a blessing in reflecting God's image. And there is a curse in neglecting God's image and wanting to glorify ourselves. Wanting glory for ourselves. Now, you and I don't go around saying, hey, I want glory for myself. Nobody says that. I don't say that. You don't say that. If you heard me say that, you would automatically think, man, he is so prideful. We all intrinsically know that that's prideful to seek glory for yourself. However, we may not say things like that, but we will say things like, I just want to make a name for myself. We're driven by this desire. I just want to do something that I'll be remembered for. You ever have those thoughts? Now, the desire to be remembered is something that's in all of us. And honestly, the desire to be remembered has led many people to do some good things so that when they are long and gone, they will be remembered. And this desire to be remembered has also led some, some people to do some very bad things so that when they are long and gone, they too will still be remembered. Both are living from this insecure place Think about this. Those who live to do good to be remembered or those who live and and, and they they do something bad just so they can be remembered, both are living from an insecurity of being remembered, of not being remembered. They have this, this insecurity that they will not be remembered. They will not be known when they are long and gone. See, the common denominator is that they want their name... (laughs) to be remembered. They want to make a name for themselves. And this has plagued our humanity since the beginning of humanity. Since the beginning of time as we know time to have exist. This has plagued our humanity. And if you learn, we learn this in the book of Genesis. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 11. We're going to land there in a second. In the book of Genesis, we see something very remarkable. Genesis is really the story of all of us. You may have never seen it this way. 
But this, it's this remarkable, remarkable telling that, that speaks to all of us. You may not even realize this. And in the book of Genesis, we see the state of humanity in its OG state, if you will. I mean, this is the OG people of God. This, this is the way God intended the original people that God wanted humanity to be before sin. We see this in the first chapter. We see this in the first couple uh, chapters that Genesis, we see this beautiful creation made in the image of God, reflecting the glory of God, the image of God on purpose and having a purpose, secure in who they are. And in Genesis, we also see humanity after sin. In Genesis verses at uh, chapter 6 through 10, we also see something terrible. We see the evil that humanity was committing because it's really what we're capable of. And it was the peak of evil in our humanity because of their sin of rejecting God. God then used a great flood to eradicate the evil humanity. A humanity whose sin was they did not believe in God. Therefore, they did not honor God. They rejected God by not treating one another, ultimately not treating one another as the holy image bearers of God. So God chose to start anew again, with a new Adam, if you will, except this man was named Noah. Started with Noah and his family. And after a few generations had passed, the Genesis narrative writes this, the Genesis narrator, who we believe is Moses, he writes this about the, 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 the beginning in, in chapter 11, verse 11. says, now the whole world had one language. This is after the flood. After Noah, God started humanities uh, again with Noah. The whole world had, had one language and common speech. As, a pe- as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Will you underline that, highlight that? Make that stand out however you want. Because this is the, really what this is what's most important in this. It's not that they made a tower. It's not that they built the city. It's the reason. So that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So this is what that people did. Now, this people, whom later is identified as the city of Babel, we've learned this. They are an important people that we need to recognize and understand who this is in Scripture. The people in Babel become the great nation of Babylon. And the ancient city of Babel, this, this ancient city located in Mesopotamia, was established shortly after the flood. Genesis 10.10 gives us kind of like the origin story of this, gives us insight that these are the descendants of Noah's son, Ham. They actually are the direct descendants of Noah's great-grandson, Nimrod. Talk about really making a name for yourself. These are the people of Babel. These people of Babel become the great nation of Babylon. The same Babylon who dominates the world 
for centuries. The same Babylon whom God would send the uh, the Israelites into as exiles. The same Babylon depicted in the book of Revelation who sets itself against God. So this story of the city of Babel is Babylon's origin story. Babel had all the elements to become great. You need to know this. Babel had all the elements in place to become great. Babel had, let me just list some of them. Babel had a common fear. They feared being scattered. They feared being disconnected. Um, so their insecurity was the reason that, that their insecurity was this reason that they would strive to make a name for themselves by building a tower so they could have fame forever. Babel had a unifying representation. They had the whole city on board. Babel had innovation. They had bricks, ovens, they had mortar, they had tar. They no longer were, were they needed heavy stones to move. No longer did they, they, they need those heavy stones. It, it was innovative construction material that they had. They had the ability to go further. They had the ability to go farther and faster than any previous generation. Babel had communication. They spoke one language. They had the ability to communicate with one another and to communicate that so clearly. They experienced how powerful something is when it's communicated clearly. They they understood the power of this. Babel had a plan for a shared and inspired vision. They had a vision to build a tower to reach the heavens. After all, a tall tower could possibly withstand another great flood. Babel had a unified motivation. They all wanted to make a name for themselves. They all were pursuing what Satan, who is the enemy of God and humanity's accuser, wants us to pursue. They all wanted to make their own name great. Now I know what I'm about ready to say will be very difficult and hard to hear, but we need to hear this. Making a name for myself is the result of my sinfulness. Making a name for yourself is the outcome of your sinful nature. This is the outcome of sin. Sin is more than just doing wrong. Sin goes so much deeper than that. Sin is not believing God. It's not having faith in God. Now track with me here. It's not trusting God. See, Satan does not want you to trust God because if you don't trust God, you won't want to glorify God. Why would you want to make God's name great? Why would you want to glorify God if you don't trust Him? You won't want to glorify Him when you don't trust in Him. So what do we do? I'll make a name for myself. Why? After all, who has a better interest? Who has what's best, what the best interest for me than me? I mean, who has a better interest in what's best for you than you? And we don't realize. See, we don't realize to make a name for ourselves and for you to make a name for yourself is to make yourself God. 
for me to make a name for myself is to make me God. This is the cycle. Humanity gets caught and you and I get caught and I don't trust God. I don't trust his ways. Why, my, why make his name great? Why do what honors him? When I, I need to trust my way. I need to look out for my best interest. I'll make a name for myself. To do it my way. To make my own way. And make a name for myself. Is really to make me God. Now, just like I don't go around saying, I want to glorify myself. I don't go around and you don't go around saying, make me God. I'm God. We, we don't go around saying that. We'd be fools. People would look at us as if we were fools. While we don't say that, we do say things like, I want it to go my way. It's what I want. Life, this is the life I want. And here's the reality. When I seek my way, I'm opposing God's way. And when I seek my way and oppose God's way, it's as if I'm saying to God, I want to be God. You know, so many people in our culture today, so many people on social media today, so many people about building their own name, building their own brand. It is mesmerizing to me. How many people, and this is the name, build brand you. There are people out there that you can, you can solicit and they're, they're, they're trying to help you build your own brand. Helping you market yourself, make a name for yourself. This is the wild and interesting thing in building their self-labeled as influencers. There are people out there on social media labeled as influencers. And if this is something that you aspire to, just listen to me. Just listen to me carefully. Young adults, listen to me. So please just listen to me. If you're watching online, just listen to me really quickly. So many people are motivated by making a name for themselves. They're building their own brand as if you are something to be marketed and pursued. And it's so scary. And it's so dangerous. You may not have a social media presence, but you may have the same desire for influence. You may have the same desire for acknowledgement. We want people to see us. We want people to elevate us. We want people to acknowledge our efforts and our accomplishments. We want to have a name for ourselves. We become like the people in the city of Babel. The city of Babel was a people who were in opposition to God because they did not trust God. And therefore, they wanted to be God. They wanted to make their own name great. Maybe seeing what God did through the flood caused them to abandon their trust in God. Regardless, they did not trust God, so they did not want to glorify God. They did not want to make His name great. They instead wanted to make their name great. They wanted to be God. And our sin, my sin and yours, is not different than their sin. Our sin is that we do not trust 
that making God's name great is good for us. Can you just pause and think about that right now? Will you ask yourself, do you trust that making God's name great is good for you? See, isn't this the struggle of trusting God? Is it good for me? This is where faith rests, right in this question right here. God, I don't know if obeying you is what is good for me. I don't know if following your will for my life or your ways for my life is good for me. God, I don't know if your will is good for me. I don't know if, what, if, if doing what is good for your name's sake is what is good for my name's sake. This is where truth faith rests. This is what all humanity must come to understand. This is where your faith, when your faith in God is tested, this is where it is. And a faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. See, it takes faith to trust that making God's name great is what is best for you. It takes faith to trust that making God's name great by obeying Him is what is best for you. It is what is good for you. Even when it doesn't appear good, feel good, or seem good, it truly is good for you. And it takes faith and trust to obey. It's when you trust that God's will is best for you that you will be ultimately secure in who you are. It's when you have faith in God's way and obey Him, trusting Him fully, obeying Him fully in His way, living the way He wants you. This is when you're going to be fully content in life. It's when you trust that making God's name great is what is best for you. It's then that you will be satisfied and fulfilled in this life that you live. This is when you will find your purpose. You will know why you were created and you will, the, you will be most satisfied. This is when your life will have purpose and your life will truly benefit others. But that is not at all where Babel was. Babel was not unified together on making God's name great. They were unified on a mission to make their own name great. And we read what happens next. In verse 5, The Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible. For them. Did you catch that? Come, God says, let us go down and confuse their language so they'll not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Here we see God coming, stopping their plan, opposing their plan to make a name for themselves. 
And in this passage, there are three things I want to point out that I believe are so clear. First, we see that the pursuit of fame is cursed. It is cursed, we see here with confusion. God confuses the city, hence the name Babel. It's, it's, and I think it's almost a, a, humor, a humorous iron, irony here. Uh, it, it's humorously ironic that the great nation of Babylon is a nation of confusion. I think it's tragically ironic that those who are the most confused about their life are often the ones who are living to make a name for themselves in this life. The second thing we see clearly is that God opposes those who strive to make a name for themselves. Actually, God opposes those who strive to make any name great but His. Now, please understand this. Do not put God in opposition to you. That is not the place you want to be. The people of Babel were unified in their ambition to make themselves great. And that was defiance to God. That put God in opposition to them. See, God opposes those who oppose Him. It's a principle. It's a rule of life. It's, it's, the, it's, it's a matter of existence. You oppose God. He'll oppose you. You humble yourselves to God, He comes, draws, draws close to you. And, and here the thing is, God opposes those who oppose Him. To be about our image, to be about brand me, to be all about brand Robinson, if you will, puts me in opposition to God. To live life, to make the family name great. Maybe your parents are trying to help get you to live to make their name great. Maybe you as a parent, you're trying to get your kids to make their, your name great. Why? Why? Maybe it's, it's not just about, maybe it's about an organization's name. Maybe it's your company, and that's what you're pouring your life into, and it's all about your company. You want your company to last forever, and it's all about that. Maybe it's more than that. when we're about the glory of our name, when we're about our image and our likeness, to be all about our name, image, and likeness is to neglect God's image in us. Neglecting God, glorifying God's name. We're neglecting God. And to neglect God's glory is to neglect God. And when you oppose God, He will oppose you. The Tower of Confusion, the Tower of Babel, is a warning to all who are striving to make a name for themselves in order to be great. And the third thing we see is this. All things are possible for a unified people united with God. Did you catch in Genesis eleven six that God saw nothing was impossible for them? That's not just subtly there. That's starkly there. That stands out there. The only problem in this narrative, that in this what happened in history, is whose name they were united in effort to make great. 
It's almost as if God was saying through inspiring this, this writing that, that humanity will be unstoppable when they are unified together and united with him. When you are united, see, when humanity is unified in the right motivation to make God's name great and united with God, they will be unshakable. They will be unstoppable. This was God's plan from the beginning, to have a unified people united with him. Not to have a humanity living for themselves, trying to make a name for themselves. Because this was God's desire, God works his plan and continues to work his plan to have a unified people united to make his name great. And God calls a man named Abram. We know him as Abraham. We read in Genesis 12 verse 1 this, that the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you. Listen to this. I will make you. Abraham, you're not going to make a name for yourself. You're not going to do anything for yourself. You're going to make nothing of yourself. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Maybe you need to remember that in your life. I will make you. Listen to this. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told him. You know what Abraham did? Abraham trusted God and obeyed God. Where the people of Babel failed by not trusting God, Abraham trusted God and God honored Abraham. The city of Babel failed when they sought to make a name for themselves. However, Abraham trusted that making God's name great was what was good and what was best for him. He trusted when he didn't see what God had in store. He trusted, he believed, he had faith that God would make him into a great nation. Even when he didn't have a child, and even though he was childless at 90 plus years old, he believed and he obeyed. After all, that's what faith is. Trusting when you do not see it. Trusting it when you feel insecure about it. Trusting it even though you feel unfulfilled. Trusting it when, even though you may feel discontent. See, faith is trusting when you don't think it's best for you. Faith is trusting when you don't see how it will be good for you. And I want you to hear what the writer of Hebrews would say about Abraham thousands of years after Abraham lived. In chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, verse 8, we read, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place where he later received as his inheritance, obeyed. Obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham trusted and obeyed God in the face of his uncertainty. 
Verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He was in exile. No one knew his name. He was not known. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him in the same promise. For he, oh, this is remarkable. For he was looking forward to the city with the foundations. He was looking forward not to a city of Babel. He was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith. Even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, in other words, he was very old, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Abraham, his eyes were not on making his name great. His eyes weren't on building a tower for the sake of his own name and establishing something so he would be remembered. His eyes was looking forward to a city with foundations, not a city made of brick and mortar like the city of Babel, not a city designed by our selfish ambitions or selfish plans and and, and all our efforts to build a name for ourselves and the recognition for ourselves. Abraham was looking ahead to a city with an unshakable foundation whose builder is God, the creator of all things, the one and whom humanity's image reflects his, the God who we were created to glorify. See, God made Abraham's name great because Abraham fully trusted God and lived to make God's name great. His motto wasn't make Abraham great or make Abraham great again. He wasn't about making a nation great. He wasn't about making a political party great. He wasn't about making any organization or any company great. He wasn't even about making his own family name great. He wasn't about brand Abraham. He was all about making God's name great. We need to see this. You can attempt to make your name great or... You can trust that making God's name great is what is good and best for you. You cannot pursue both. We may mask our desires for greatness, say, I, you know, I only, want, I only want this and I only want this. I mean, I want to make Jesus famous. You know what? God sees right through our motivations, down to our hearts. He sees the intent. See, the truth is that many of our pursuits are, are, for, are, are pursuits of a platform and we want prestige. We want the platitudes. Because what it does for our self-esteem, our ego, and our security, what it does for our name, God sees through our motivations. And you and I cannot pursue making our name great and think that it will make God's name great. It's one or the other. To choose one is to oppose the other. God opposes my efforts to make a name for myself, but he blesses my efforts that are motivated to glorify Jesus. My efforts to glorify Jesus 
and we'll see this more next week, will rarely ever make a name for myself here. My efforts to glorify him, honestly, or is going to come at a cost to me. It's going to come at a cost to me if I want to glorify him. That's why John the Baptist would say he must increase and I must decrease. And we can trust this. And here's the teaching big idea I want you to know today. Making Jesus' name great is what is good and best for you. This is what you can trust. You can trust this. Making Jesus' name great is what is good and best for you. The question I want to ask you is, do you trust this? Do you trust this? When you trust Jesus as your Savior and you follow Him as your Lord, your name will be great in the kingdom of God. It will not be great in the kingdoms of this world. But your name, through Christ Jesus' work, will be great. Because God, as we read last week, God has redeemed you. He has called you by name. You are His when you put your trust in Jesus. See, God calls you by name. You don't have to make a name for yourself anymore because when you receive Jesus as Savior, when you confess Him and follow Him as your Lord, you become a child of God. You become adopted by God. You are significant amongst all others. Your name takes on God. God's name. Please hear this. When John the disciple of Jesus writes about Jesus, this is what John says Jesus came to do for your name, for your image, and for your identity. In John 1 verse 12 it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent. It's not about a family name. Or of a human decision. It's not about your efforts. <laughs> or a husband's will. It's not even about man's will. But born of God. God knows your name. You can trust that God knows your name. And in God's kingdom, your name will be great because you have taken on his name. You have taken his name because you are now adopted and your trust is fully in Christ. And now you have a purpose and you have a calling and you have one, one opportunity. You can live to make his name great. This is what God has called you to do. You are called by His name. And in Christ, your name is great. So now you can live your life and you can trust that living your life to make His name great is what is good and best for you. You're a child of God. You are significant. And your name is great in the kingdom of God because you live to glorify the name that is greater than all names. This is why you can trust that making God's name great is what is good and best for you. When you trust that living to make God's name great is good and best for you, can I tell you something? You're not going to have to promote yourself. 
But isn't that the tension in all of us? I've got to promote myself. You don't have to promote yourself because you are a child of God. He's given you His name. You don't have to exhaust yourself in efforting yourself to make your name great because you can rest in the name that you've been given. You can rest in who you are because you've taken on His name and you don't have to make your name great because you're a child of God. You can now live to glorify the name that is above all names. You're created now. You can see that your purpose now is to glorify the name that is greater than all names, the name of Jesus. Paul would write to the church in Philippians and and he would say this, he would say, therefore God exalted Jesus, God exalted him to the highest place and gave Jesus the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. See, one day, every knee is going to bow. And that day, it will not matter if people know your name. In that day, there's only one name that's going to matter. In that day, we're going to lay our eyes upon the one who created all things. In whom our image is, we're going to lay our eyes on the one in whose name is life. His name is the name that is above all names. His name is the only thing that matters. And nothing is going to stop that day from coming. So I want to ask you, Will you live your life to make a name for yourself or will you live your life to make Jesus' name great? Just bow your heads real quick. I just feel like maybe you're online and you need to bow your head, just not if you're driving. Do you need to stop opposing God? And you need to begin trusting God so you can begin to glorify God and make his name great. Do you need to trust that what he wants for you is what is good and best for you? What's that look like, Casey? I'll tell you what it looks like. It begins to honor him in everything you think. Begin to think about what honors him in everything you say, what honors him in everything you do. This is where your purpose is. This is where you're going to be fulfilled when you glorify His name and what you think, say, and do. When you add value to others when, is, when, is when you live to honor His name. And will you trust that this is good and best for you? Can you imagine what it will look like for a people to stop living to make a name for themselves? Can you imagine what it would look like for just our church, our family, to stop trying to make a name for ourselves and to glorify Jesus and make his name great? You know what I believe? Look up here now. 
I believe this. Nothing is impossible for a people united together to make the name of Jesus famous. Nothing is. So this is his invitation to you. Will you make his name great? Let's be the church who's loving Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and sharing Jesus to make the name of Jesus great. But it's going to be hard to do that if there's something that's in us that's opposing God. And it's our desire to make a name for ourselves. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing today, but this is going to be a time of personal reflection. Will you pray this prayer today? as they pad and and we're going to sing together. Will you pray, Father? Father, help me trust that glorifying Jesus' name is what is good and best for me. I'm sorry, that prayer is in, in in a third person. This needs to be a personal prayer right now. This is for you. I want you to make this personal for you. Father, help me trust that glorifying Jesus' name is what is good and best for me. Will you just take a moment and pray that?